We'll start today on Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians 2 is basically broken up into two sections in verses 1 through 10 on the producing of the church and verses 11 through 22 on the building of the church. So in chapter 1, just as a, a little bit of a review, Paul looks at the church from the viewpoint of the heavenlies. Uh, And from this perspective, the church is the issue of the transmission of the ascended Christ. But when we come to chapter 2, Paul looks at the church from the bottom. In chapter 1, we're from the top. Now we come to chapter 2, and Paul is looking at it from the bottom. Uh, And the bottom means the, the kind of the viewpoint of the miserable situation of fallen man. Uh, Verse 1 starts that we were dead in our offenses and sins. The The words being dead refer to the dead condition of our spirit, a death that pervades our whole entire being. Uh, We were not only fallen and sinful, we were dead. And, you know, when you compare the emphasis in Romans to Ephesians, there's a it unveils a really a key difference in our fallen condition from which the church is produced. Uh, The book of Romans deals with sinners. The emphasis in Romans is upon sins and sin. But when we come to the book of Ephesians, the emphasis in the book of Ephesians is on death, on dealing with dead people. In Romans, God saves us by and through and with his righteousness. But in Ephesians, however, God saves the dead with his life. So when you come to verses 2 and 3, basically what they do is they unveil what it's like to live in a dead condition on this earth. So in verse 2, he says, And when you once walked according to the age of this world, once we walked according to the current of the present age, And when people follow the trend of the age, this is a strong sign that they're dead. It's it's kind of like the illustration of dead leaves falling into a stream and flowing along in the current of the stream. Then the rest of that verse says, according to the ruler of the authority of the air of the spirit who is now operating in the sons of disobedience. And, you know, as dead people under this rule, sometimes things that we do that come out of us are so irrational so uh, unlike us because we're under a kind of an authority of the air Uh, then verse 3 says we conducted ourselves in the lusts of our flesh doing the desires of the flesh and again this shows what it's like to live in a dead condition there's no breaks in our being Uh, so this gives us a kind of a a view of where we came from to produce the church. Uh, but, but verse 4, there's a big but. But God being rich in mercy. And uh, in verse 5 goes on and said, even when we were dead in offenses, he made us alive together with Christ. And verse 6 goes on and raised us up together with him and seated us together with him in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus. So it's just marvelous to see that the way the church is produced is by God coming in and giving us dead ones life and making us alive, not only individually, but making us alive together and raising us up together and seating us together. 
Then when we come to the second half of this chapter, you know, the, the church is unveiled. It's the building of the church. And in verse 14 through 15, we see the first aspect of the church unveiled, and that is the one new man. Uh, he says here that he created the two. Who are the two? These are two peoples, the Jews and the Gentiles. He created the two in himself into one new man. And as you know, in chapter one, when we talked about the body, what a body needs is life. But what's key with a new man is a person. And so as we begin to take Christ as our person, eventually the differences that we have are just swallowed up and we just become one new man. Then in verse 19, we see two more aspects of the church that's built. One is in verse 19, it says, fellow citizens with the saints. And what this, re- what this refers to is that the church is the kingdom. And with the kingdom, there's rights and there's responsibilities. Uh, you know, it's interesting, you know, like uh, we all in the United States, in the kingdom of the United States, we all have a right to vote, but we also have responsibilities, which is, for instance, we have to pay taxes. When the red light comes on, we need to stop. Well, also in the kingdom, we have rights. One of the big rights is we have right to the tree of life. But we also have responsibilities. And uh, these responsibilities include different things. For instance, like we have a responsibility. Each one of us, when we come to the meetings, we have a responsibility to build the church. So it's a matter of the kingdom when it comes to the fellow citizens with the saints. Then... It goes on in verse 19 to talk about that we're members of the household of God. And with, you know, a household, it's a matter of two things, life and enjoyment. You know, in the household, the reason we're members of the household is we're born of our parents. And we have the same life and we have the same nature. And so it's altogether a matter of the life of God that's imparted to us at our regeneration But not only is it a matter of life, it's a real enjoyment, enjoyment being with the members of the household. And finally, in verse 22, the church is built up as the dwelling place of God. Uh, The church is the dwelling place, and this is a matter of expression and rest. You know, whenever you come into someone's house and you see what's on the wall and the way the house is, it there's a big expression of who lives in the house. If you see toys all over the floor, you know that there's probably some children here. Uh, if you see pictures of sailboats all over the house, you realize this is per- probably a person who really likes to sail. Uh, so the dwelling place in God's house, there's an expression, and that expression is just God himself. And not only is it a matter of expression, but it's also a matter of rest. And, uh, you know, this is, you know, this is, you know, referring back to, you know, in, in, uh, in Psalms where it says, this is my rest forever. Uh, here will I dwell. This is, this is the uh, resting place of the Lord. And, you know, the thing is, when we touch the church, we touch not only God expressed to us, but we touch where God is resting. And when God is resting, we're resting. So the church is the dwelling place of God. So what a, what a wonderful chapter. We see it's produced out of a dead situation, and then the church is built up to be the new man, the kingdom, the household, and eventually the dwelling place of God.